Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. And we're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. Just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Lord, I just sense an unusual anointing of your presence on this place this morning. And God, we ask you to just be free in this place. Lord, there are those who walked in here today in need of healing. And God, I pray that in your presence, they find healing. Lord, there are those who walked in here today with a burden that is weighing them down. And God, I pray that in your presence, they would be able to roll that burden onto you. And they would leave here free. God, there are those who came in today and maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's just a relationship and it's on the brink of disaster. God, they need reconciliation. Lord, may they find that in your presence. Lord, there are those who walked in here today feeling the guilt of another failure this week, believing that you are a million miles away and have given up on them. Lord, I pray today that in your presence they find forgiveness and strength and victory and acceptance and love and joy. Holy Spirit of God, We welcome you here. Meet with us today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You can't tell already by the way things look up here. Today is going to be a little bit different. If you're a guest today, we're thrilled that you're here. But what you're going to experience today is not what a normal weekend service at Hope looks like. Today, by and large... We are going to pray. You say, and then what? We're going to pray. Last year, we started setting aside a day, a year, where we just come together as God's people and we just spend the bulk of our time on a weekend just praying. And I'll be, let me, let me help you, because I know just saying that, some of you have already gotten anxious. We're about to pray for over an hour. Can I, can I let you in on a little secret? It, it, it gives me anxiety when we do this too. Let me tell you why, because it's, it's not normal. It's out of the rhythm of what we do. And I, I get concerned about guests who are coming in, and they're not going to 
see us do what we normally do. And I think about you that have invited friends and said, you got to see this choir. You got to hear this guy. I think about all that stuff. Um, Travis and I, Pastor Travis and I, we were talking about it back here before we came out, just praying. And I tell you, then I walked in here and just begin to listen as you sing. And you know, when we gather, all that matters is the presence of God. Nothing else matters. Everything changes in His presence. Let me tell you what we're going to, I can promise you today, by the time we leave here, you will have an opportunity to encounter and experience the presence of the living God. When God birthed our church 15 years ago next month, we had our first public worship service. That's hard to even wrap my mind around. I told you last weekend that God birthed a rally cry when our church began. And some of you remember from the early days. It simply said, we don't pray before we work. Prayer is the work. And then God works. And since the beginning of our time together as a fellowship, we have had a desperation to see God move in our church and in our city and in our world that has driven us to our knees in prayer. Unfortunately, in the American church, prayer is something we do when we want to, whereas in other parts of the world, when they gather, they pray because they don't have a choice. They're so desperate for God to protect them, to watch over them, to move among them that it's not even an option. They come together, they pray. Tell you what we've learned over 15 years together. I said this last weekend to you. We were talking about it. When we seek God in prayer, we experience God in power. When we seek God in prayer, we experience God in power. And let me tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to seek God in prayer. Anybody need a fresh touch of the power of God today? We're going to seek God in prayer. Here's the biblical promise. When we seek God in prayer, we can experience God in power. We talked last weekend from 1 Timothy 2 about prayer. Paul exhorted the church to make prayer a priority. Remember, here's the verse. We read it, 1 Timothy 2, 1. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. Do you hear what he said? First of all. It's as if he said, before you do anything else, above all else, let's get first things first. Make sure the number one priority is that we pray. And unfortunately, in a lot of the church in America, prayer has been relegated to moments of transition on and off the stage. Instead of a time we really come together and seek God in prayer. When you look out at society... You see what's happening across our country and literally all over the world. We discover that we are in need of a fresh move of God like maybe never before. In our church, in our city, in our world, there's a lot of darkness out there. The reality is there's no formula that we can put in place and say, if we'll just do this, this, and this, then... God's going to move. What we can do is we can be ready should God choose in his sovereignty to move. We can, what we say at hope, we can make sure our sails are up should the wind of the Spirit of God choose to blow. One of the ways we do that is by prayer. Look what this John Franklin, look on the screen, look what John Franklin said. He said, the greatest workings of God come by corporate prayer. And we will not see the power of God in sufficient measure to transform the world around us until we pray together. God in his sovereignty has determined that something happens when we pray together that transcends praying separately. 
John Franklin's a missionary who was used mightily in the continent of Africa to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people come to know Christ. We're going to pray together today. Prayer is motivated by a sense of desperation. If we want to see God move, then, then there must be a desperation in our hearts, and that desperation manifests itself in praying. So here's what today's going to look like. Today's going to be a day where we're going to pray. I'm going to guide you through a lot of different sections of prayer. For some of you, this is going to be a piece of cake. You pray like this all the time. For others of you, this is going to stretch the rubber band of praying for you like you haven't had stretched in a long time. And that's okay too. I don't want anybody in the building to feel like you have to do anything. You don't have to pray out loud. We're not going to put a microphone in front of you. You don't have to worry about any of that, all right? So stop sweating. You're okay. But we're going to open it up today. We have these steps up here that a lot of times towards the end of our service, we kind of turn into an old-fashioned altar. You need to know these, these are always open. But today they're open throughout. At any moment today, you want to come and just kneel here and be alone with God and pray, you come. I'm going to invite a couple of our pastors to go ahead and come and make themselves available here on the corners of the stage. We've got a few of our pastors here. And at any moment today that you feel led and you want to come and pray with one of our pastors, you come. They're here. You don't have to wait for a certain part of the service. They're here. You just come. At any point, you come. They're ready to pray with you, pray over you. The altars are open. You can pray. There are going to be some times today when I'm going to encourage you to just pray by yourself individually. Going to be other times when I'm going to encourage you to, if you're here with a friend or a family member or two or three, to just kind of huddle up there on your row and pray together. There are going to be times I encourage you to pray silently. There are going to be times I encourage you to pray out loud. But no pressure. You follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your own heart, and you only go and do what is something that you have a peace about doing, all right? So we're going to start this morning by just acknowledging how great God is and how much we need Him. We're going to begin by praying prayers of praise and adoration and worship to God. This is going to be one of those where I encourage you to either individually or to huddle up in a group of two or three around you and just pray out loud. I just think that the word of God says praise is becoming to the upright. I think when our father looks down on his people and they're praying out loud psalms of praise and they're crying out to God that it just looks good on us. So to kind of whet our appetite for this section of praying, praise and worship and adoration... I want to put some verses up on the screen that I want us to read out loud together. And as we read these verses, I want you to look for some things that you can, in just a moment, begin to pray and praise and worship God for. All right? So it's out of Psalm 145, beginning in verse number one. Let's read together. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works. All your work shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due time. 
you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. Get in groups and just begin to pray. Just begin to praise God for who He is. Tell him how great he is. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you need him. And if this is new for you, just remember, there are no fancy words necessary. You can talk to God just like you're talking to the person sitting next to you. Praise him. Tell him the things about him that you think are great.
As you study the scripture and you see movements of God, not only is there crying out to God in praise and worship and adoration, but when God begins to move, there is also times of genuine confession and repentance among the people of God. When God begins to move, it starts among his people. We want to look out and see it start in the streets of our cities, but it starts among his people. When God moves, there's a cleansing, a purifying among his people that begins to happen. Charles G. Finney, those of you that are students of revival and the history of revival know the name of Charles Finney. He was a great preacher that saw revival happen. Hundreds of thousands came to Christ through his life. Listen to what he said. A revival, which is another term for a movement of God, always includes conviction of sin on the part of the church. So now I want you to not pray in groups. I want you to spend a few moments praying silently. Let me just... Open us, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some scripture, and then I'm going to lead you through a series of questions. And what I want you to do is I want you to ask the Holy Spirit of God. Here's what I want you to do. Give him the freedom for the next few moments to just put his finger anywhere in your life. And when you sense him pointing out something, bringing something to the surface... You just don't argue, don't excuse, don't try to justify. God, you're right, and I'm wrong, and I want to embrace your forgiveness right now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in this moment, Would you begin to speak? The scripture says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. So, right there in the stillness of this moment, I want you in your own heart to ask God, say, Holy Spirit of God, would you speak to me right now? Would you convict me of any area in my life that needs a fresh surrender to you? Here's some questions. For the next few moments... Am I willing to be completely honest with God about everything in my life? Just you and the Lord. Am I willing to listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks during this time and respond to whatever He says? Have I neglected 
the word of God and prayer in my daily life? Is God's word a priority to me? Am I living a prayerless life? What's the Spirit of God saying to you? Is there anyone I have not forgiven? Is there any bitterness or resentment in my heart? Is there anyone with whom I have unresolved conflict? Have I wronged anyone and failed to make it right? Do I get angry easily? Am I easily offended? Do I get impatient and irritated with others? Maybe that happened this morning. Do I have feelings of jealousy? Is there anyone I dislike to hear praised or well spoken of? Am I secretly annoyed over the accomplishments and advancements of others? Have I been dishonest? Have I lied, exaggerated, or misrepresented the truth in any way to anyone? Have I stolen? Do I take little things? that do not belong to me? Have I robbed God by withholding money, resources, or time that belong to Him? Do I gossip about others? Do I speak unkindly about people when they are not present? Is the reputation of another person safe in my hands? Have I hurt someone or my church by needless talk about someone else's faults? Am I too concerned about things? Am I worried or anxious? Remember what the scripture says. Be anxious for nothing. It's an imperative. It means my worrying and my anxiety is a sin. Because God said don't be that way. 
Worry is the opposite of faith in him. Have I failed to trust God for my physical and spiritual needs? Do I murmur and complain? Am I guilty of sexual sin? Am I habitually or regularly stepping outside of God's boundary of marriage between a husband and a wife when it comes to sex? Do I allow my mind to dwell on impure and unholy thoughts? Do I have any secret sin that I excuse but should forsake? Have I been completely honest with God in my response to these questions? I want you to look up on the screen. I want you to see a verse of scripture. Listen what it says. If we confess our, say it out loud. If we confess our sins. The word confess, it's a Greek word that means to say the same as. It literally means to agree with God. If we confess, when God convicts and God points out those things in your life that are not in line with it, when we agree with God, say, God, you're right, I'm wrong. We don't hide it. We don't make excuses. We drag it out. We lay it on the table. God, you're right and I'm wrong. Look what it says. If we confess our sins, he is, what's the next word? Ooh, that's a good word. Amen. It doesn't say when you're faithful. It says, if we confess, he is, say it again, faithful to what? Forgive our sins. And I love that he adds that and righteous. He's not just faithful to do it. He's righteous in doing so because of what he did in Christ on the cross through the death, burial, and resurrection. He's not just faithful to forgive. He's just and righteous in forgiving our sins. What are those sins? The ones we confess. And then look what it says. And then he cleanses us from what? All unrighteousness. You know what that is? That's the stuff you don't even know about. I'm not even spiritual enough to know some of the stuff in my life that's displeasing to God. But when I'll get honest about what I do know, when I respond to what he points out and I drag it out in the light and say, God, you're right, I'm wrong. The Bible says God is faithful to forgive you and he not only forgives you for that, he cleanses you for the stuff that you're not even aware of yet. I know what your flesh is telling you because mine does the same thing and the enemy begins to whisper in our ear. When we begin to think about some of the stuff, the junk in our lives, our flesh begins to say, God's so disappointed in you. God's angry with you. God is distant from you. God is not satisfied with you. 
God is tired of you. Some of you, as we were asking those questions, that's, that's what's in your heart. That's what your flesh is saying because some of this stuff you deal with over and over and over again in your flesh and you feel like, God, here I am again. I'm saying it again and again and again. But this morning in my quiet time, I read Psalm 86 and here's what the Bible says. For you, Lord, are good, and listen to this, ready to forgive. You hear that? ready to forgive. He's always ready to forgive. So here's the reality. You and I, as we've confessed, how many of you just, if you just confess before God, if you got honest with God, say amen. All right. I want you to stand up and I want you to read something off the screen with me from Psalm 32. You ready? Let's read it. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin, Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed.
give God praise. Amen. You can be seated. When you study the scripture and we see God's movement begins among his people with a sense of desperation, leads to a cleansing and a conviction in the heart of his people. But when God moves, it doesn't just stay among his people. It spills out of our lives into our fellowship as a church. Then it spills out of our fellowship into the streets of the city. So we're going to spend this final section of praying together focused on praying about our fellowship together as a church and then focused on praying for those outside of the fellowship of God who don't know the Lord. So I want you to get back there. You can either pray individually or get back in your groups there. I encourage you, if you feel led of the Lord, to pray out loud at this moment. And we're going to begin to pray for our church for a moment. And we're going to specifically pray about what I talked about last weekend. How what's going on in our society right now is going to test our mettle as a multicultural church. And we're going to ask God to give us authentic community, real, genuine unity, right relationships where we are loving one another crossing cultural barriers, ethnic barriers, racial barriers, a genuine multicultural expression of the gospel. So just begin in your group right now, and I want you to thank God for who we are as a church, the way God's birthed a church of the nations right here at Hope. Just thank God for that, and then I'm going to lead you through some specific things to pray for. Begin to pray. Now, like we talked about last weekend, I want you to right now pray that God would cause us as a fellowship to be quick to hear and slow to speak. May we be quick to listen to others, to understand, to hear from another culture, another perspective. May we be quick to hear, slow to speak. Pray that God would give us understanding towards brothers and sisters in Christ from another culture. Society right now is being divided over cultural issues. Pray that God in his grace would give us a level of understanding for our brothers and sisters from other cultures. Pray for us to remember this world is not our home. As we begin our series next weekend on heaven, pray that God would set our minds on things above. This world's not our home. Pray for us all to have a worldview that is rooted and grounded in the word of God. As we take the month of October and we try to look at what the word of God has to say about some of these cultural issues... Let's just pray that the Spirit of God would give all of us a worldview grounded in His Word. Not our experience, not our past, not the culture we come from, but rooted and grounded in Scripture. Now I want you to pray by name for at least two people, just all over the building. Just pray by name for two people in our fellowship. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter how you know them. Just pray by name for two people. Maybe somebody you just met this morning, but just pray for two people by name that are in our fellowship. Just pray for them right now. Just pray. I want you to begin praying individually again. And here's what I want you to pray. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind 
people that you know that don't know Jesus. Right now, just say, Lord, who in my circle of influence do I know that doesn't know you? Maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member. Right now, ask him, Lord, who do I know that doesn't know you? Now, all over the building, how many of you would say right now that the Holy Spirit has put at least one name? One name's come to your mind or your heart. Just hold your hand up for a minute. Just hold it up for a minute. We got about 1,000 people in here, 800, 900 people in here this morning. Everybody in this room's got their hand up, it looks like. You can put them down. And some of you, that hand represents two, three, four, five, six, seven people. Now, here's what I want you to understand. That name, you just ask the Holy Spirit of God to put a name on your heart. He just did. You know what just happened? You just had a moment of communication with the Father where God laid on your name, on your heart a name of somebody that doesn't know Jesus. You know what that means? He's inviting you to get in on his activity of working in that person's life. The way you begin to do that is you start praying for them. So right now, I want you to begin to pray for the people that God laid on your heart. Right now. You can pray out loud. You can pray silently. But you just begin to pray for them right now. Just pray. Pray for them. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the boldness to do two things. Number one, invite them to one of these messages on heaven. Ask the Holy Spirit to just give you the boldness to simply invite them to come. And secondly, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the boldness to share your story of salvation with them, how you came to know Jesus. You say, I don't know how to do that. Here's how you do it. You know this person. You just say, hey, you mind if I take three minutes and tell you the greatest thing that's ever happened to me? I promise you, if they're a friend, a neighbor, they're not going to say no. And you just tell them how you came to know Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you boldness to invite them and to share with them. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring conviction into their life, which results in salvation. Ask the Holy Spirit to give them ears to hear the gospel. You're asking him to open their heart to the gospel. And then ask the Father to save them. The Word of God says, we read it last weekend, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You are praying in accordance with the will of God. Ask the Father to save them. Cry out to Him right now in desperation. Ask Him to save them. to close by praying for our city. Pray for our city. Pray for other churches in our city. Pray for key leaders in our city. Pray for our nation. This political and cultural divide. You say, how do I even begin to pray? Listen, let me give you a prayer. It's what Jesus prayed. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just pray that. Lord, in our city, in our nation, God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
I want you to take a moment and I want you to begin to thank God for what he's going to do. Just begin to thank him. What if in the next two, three, four, five weeks, two months, three months, six months, we begin to see hundreds or thousands of people come to faith in Christ because we asked God to do it this morning? Just begin to thank him. Thank him for what he's going to do. Thank him for how he's going to move in our fellowship. Thank him for how he's going to bring us together as one. Thank him for how he's going to demonstrate love towards one another. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about, maybe this is completely foreign to you. The story of the gospel is that we've all sinned against God, but God loved us in spite of our sin against him. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. God became a man, took on humanity and lived a sinless life on this earth, but then he died. He died offering that body as a sacrifice for our sin. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again as a testimony that God had accepted his sacrifice for our sin. And now in his grace, he invites us by faith to be forgiven of our sin and to be born again into relationship with himself. That is the glorious good news of the gospel. It's what the Bible says in John 3. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you don't know Jesus today, during this last song as we sing together and worship God. Listen, this isn't a moment to slip out early. We're going to worship God. Then I got one more exciting thing to share with you. During this time, these pastors are here. If you don't know Jesus, you come. And you say to them, I need Jesus. And we'll have somebody sit down with you and show you from the Bible how you can be born again into relationship with God. If you want to pray with a pastor, you come. These altars are open. But this is a moment for us to worship God and thank him and praise him for what he's going to do, to celebrate him. So let's stand and let's pray. Father, in this moment, we exalt you. We bless you. We worship you. We adore you. And God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, I thank you for those maybe that you're going to save this morning. God, I pray right now you'd give them the boldness to slip out from where they are, to come to one of these pastors and just say, I need Jesus. And I pray they'd be saved today. Lord, I pray for these that have been prayed for. I pray for what you're going to do in their lives. God, we submit to you. We worship you. We adore you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name.
Oh, Lord. 